We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55, I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives, now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Melissa Tolakai, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Melissa Tolakai is expert in helping women navigate menopause naturally without the side effects of HRT or other medications. She is a qualified naturopath, nutritionist, herbalist, and board-certified holistic practitioner. Over the last decade, Melissa has been helping women use natural methods to relieve symptoms who were frustrated after being told by their physicians that their hot flashes, weight gain, and other perimenopausal symptoms can only be helped with HRT or that they just have to write it out. She gives health-savvy women the tools and knowledge they need to lose stubborn weight, escape debilitating hot flashes, and rescue the health of their intimate areas so they can enjoy the life with confidence again, using a unique approach that she has spent the last 10 years refining. Melissa's other projects include a free clinic that she ran from her home on the Navajo Nation during the initial outbreak of COVID-19. Melissa worked entirely pro bono for a year and funded the clinic out of her own pocket and with small donations. This later became the focus of the documentary COVID Nation, which was featured on NITV and SBS in Australia. Giving back to those in need remains an important driver and focus for Melissa's work. Thank you, Melissa. I'm so happy you're here today. Oh, thank you for having me. So in getting started, let me just ask you, Do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why do you think it is that you don't? Well, yes and no. (laughs) On a physical level, you know, I look in the mirror and most definitely I I see the changes physically. I I see the gray hairs, the wrinkles, Mm -hmm. well, the wisdom lines. Let's call them wisdom lines. Uh, and, And, yeah, and uh, the body doesn't move as easily as it used to, but 
inside, no, I don't feel any older inside. I still feel young. I still, I'm even more full of passion than I was than before. Uh, So mentally, I think it's very much a state of mind. And uh, I hope I never get old that way. (laughs) Me too, Melissa, me too. You know, it's it's really interesting. I've talked to so many women at this point, and when I ask them that question, I'll bet you 90% of the replies are very similar to what you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, that, yeah, sure, physically, I, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But inside, I, I don't feel any older. I feel like the same me, except better. Yeah. You know, um, most women report feeling better than they did, uh, which is definitely not how our society portrays us most of the time. Yeah, I I think that is so true. And I think part of the reason we feel better is because we know ourselves more. We really have come to find out who we are and what we stand for at this time of life. And we've let so much go that doesn't serve us any longer. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to uh to just know what you're all about and not need that approval anymore yeah that's um it is so i hear that so often about i just don't care as much anymore what other people think mm-hmm. you know, i'm just clearer about what's important to me and it's much it's much easier um, yeah even if there are hard challenges that come with that um, it still is easier than it than it was before. Mm-hmm. So I, agree. I um, am really curious about the most common misunderstandings about perimenopause and menopause. What, in your opinion, are the common misunderstandings? Um, as far as society goes, um, you know, there's been this judgment placed upon us especially by the media and men um that we're washed up we're dried up it's all over um so go away and be quiet and um you know you've had your chance and it's changing but it still pervades and um it drives me intensely to change that because I think as we get to this point in our life, we've accumulated so much wisdom, so much life experience that we have more to give than we ever have before. Right. Agree. Yeah. I was thinking as I was walking to my office this morning, I knew we were going to have this conversation. And I was thinking, there are some common events for human life. We're born. And if things progress sort of naturally and normally, um, we go through puberty. And then at some point, women um, begin their their menstruation. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, they quit their menstruation. And then, you know, after many, many years, people die. But it's just such a natural part of life. And I was thinking what you just said, I thought, why are we ashamed of it? Why does it feel like something that's, you know, sort of like, why did you do that? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like something we shouldn't have gotten involved with. Yeah, and and you know what? Um, I think that's, as my husband would call it, a very Western-minded way of looking at it. Uh, you know, he's, he's Navajo, so uh, he's very traditional in his outlook. And traditional cultures around the world do not see this as a you're done with time or a um, let's hide you away. It It's quite the opposite. Um, as women enter this stage of life, they're actually held up and um, revered in some way because of the knowledge they have. They are knowledge keepers and they were relied upon for survival, believe it or not, in years gone by because they knew where the plants were. They knew where the medicine was. They knew where to find the water and the food. It wasn't all about the men. Um, so they often took over from the young women the child rearing when the children were very young. So the younger women could go out and do the hard work of gathering things, but the knowledge of where to gather them was coming from the older women. Um, and at the same time, they were passing on their knowledge to this new generation and what an extraordinary and beautiful thing so we have to get out of our western minds and uh i believe take up more of the indigenous perspective of this is a powerful time of life melissa i couldn't agree with you more and i have no idea how we can do that it is so it's so ingrained in patriarchy it is and um i i have gotten a little bit sad about things going on in recent years because i feel like in some ways not always but in some ways we're almost going back to the 50s yeah. and all the work we've done to for the equality of women mm -hmm. Doesn't it seems to have not only gotten stalled, but maybe gone back a bit? Um, I yeah, I I totally agree with that. Um, I felt the same way, uh, and it is really concerning. And so I think as women we have to rise up, and we have to do exactly what we're doing right in this moment, and have these conversations, and keep having them and make it normal to talk about these things um, rather than what's happened in the past of sweeping us all under the blanket. And no, no, we don't talk about that. Oh, no. Um, no, let's change that. Let's be noisy. <laughs> yes, let's be noisy. So, Melissa, you do such good work. So I have so many questions I want to talk to you about. But first of all, Tell me, what would a woman be doing if she came to you and said, I am experiencing these, all these things. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to take HRT or the other any other medications. Can you help me? Uh, the answer is absolutely yes. Um, there are so many options we have. Um, even within natural therapies, there, there are many paths a woman can take. So I always say, we're entering into a partnership and a collaboration, not a dictatorship here. Uh, so whatever I offer you, if it, if it doesn't fit, if it doesn't gel, if it doesn't resonate, 
there's always another way, another perspective we can take. Um, but but interestingly, so many women are going into this young and they don't actually know what's happening um, or they put it, pass it off as something else because that conversation hasn't been had. Um, and, and I can relate that back to my mother. I mean, I knew she was going through this transition, but she didn't talk about it because it wasn't done. And that has to change uh, because so much of our perimenopausal symptoms, the timing is genetically pre-programmed. Whenever our mother experienced it is when we're likely to experience it. So just talking you know, with our mothers about this of when did you go through it, what did it feel like, is super, super important so that we know what to expect for ourselves and we can be aware. You know, I see women coming in and they say, oh, my moods have gone crazy and I don't know what's going on because my life's still the same. I'm just reacting differently and it's well, this could well, you could be in perimenopause and not even know it. And that, that often happens. Well, I one of the things I was going to ask you was when I started into perimenopause, I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Duh. But I didn't, you know, my mother never talked about it. Yeah. I know one time she said, oh, I just feel like it's raining all the time. Um, but I didn't know why she why she felt that way. You know, I, it would have been so helpful for her to have talked about it, you know, because I didn't know what that meant. I thought she was just depressed and I was worried that she was depressed. But in retrospect, yeah. that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And I I I think it's fascinating that I didn't know. Um, and I was telling a friend, you know, all these these symptoms I was having. She said, I think you're going into menopause. And it was just like somebody hit me over the head with a brick. And I just, oh, mm -hmm. you know, so do a lot of women miss it? Yes. I That's amazing. It's sad. It's really sad because to not have this knowledge of what's happening to our body simply because the conversation has been shut down and tabooed um, to me is completely wrong. And secondly, from a health perspective, I mean, this is a truly critical window in our health when things can get really, really wacky. Our heart disease risk goes up. Our risk of developing uh, cognitive diseases like uh, dementia increases. Uh, and our risk of autoimmune diseases goes up during this window between reproduction and full-blown menopause that we call perimenopause and if we don't know it's happening we can't be proactive on our risk factors uh just taking simple lifestyle steps to to try and mitigate what's going on and prevent those things from progressing and uh like i said this is why i'm getting very noisy and uh talking about it a lot because I want women to know I want them to be body aware of what they're going through so that they can be active an active participant in their health instead of reactive 
or a passive participant just sitting back and doing what the doctor tells them because the doctor often doesn't know when it comes to perimenopause. They're fine. You get to menopause, they know what to do. But in this junction we're in, they're like, they haven't, but a lot of them have not been trained in it. And this is a problem. I would, I don't have any idea about this and you would, you, you would know, but my hunch is that many women are prescribed antidepressants and, and stuff like that because yes. the perimenopause hasn't been recognized. True. Um, antidepressants are thrown around like candy in my perspective, and I have a real problem with that. They were thrown at me as a teenager. Nobody asked why I was depressed. Nobody asked what my diet was like. They just said, well, you are depressed, so here's some medications. And those darn things nearly killed me. They should never be prescribed to a teenager. Uh, and, yes, they are still being thrown around in the same fashion with women. And what people don't understand is those medications are addictive. They are highly addictive. And I worked in a treatment centre helping people come off those medications and the living hell they went through trying to wean off those medications to rebalance their brain chemistry from the damage that is done is horrific. You can lose easily a year of your life trying to come off antidepressants. Um, it's just a horrendous process and I I look back and I did it without help. No one, no one back then understood what these were. They call it discontinuation syndrome, but let's be really clear. It's withdrawal, right. pure and simply. And I didn't have any help. And when I started weaning down, my moods went crazy. And I was being hit with mood swings out of nowhere. And I remember my GP, my general practitioner saying, oh, well, you know, your depression's coming back and if it doesn't get better within so many weeks, you're going back up to full dose. And I said, no, no, this is not me being depressed. This is something quite new and quite different and I've never felt like this before. Uh, and I went home and I said to my husband at the time, I'm going cold turkey. I said, I don't know if it's the right thing or the wrong thing, but what I'm going through is hell and I just want it over. And I did. I cold turkeyed it and things were pretty wacky for about a month, but I made it through. I was really lucky. A lot of people aren't that lucky and they need medical help uh, from a more holistic perspective or a functional perspective to get through that. And I wouldn't wish it on anyone. So what's going on with these prescribing of antidepressants at the first sign of I don't feel great is infuriating but they are also being prescribed for hot flashes. They work. They work for your hot flash, but no one's going to tell you about the side effects. Well, a hot flash is a natural reaction from your body. It is. I mean, it's not pleasant, but it's no. a natural reaction. It's a very natural reaction um, to the estrogen dropping and... They should resolve when you go into full menopause. Sometimes they don't, 
And that means there's an additional problem going on. It's usually thyroid. But uh, yeah, it's very natural and it's something we can work on. Um, and two simple things you can do, get the sugar out of your diet and ditch the alcohol. And those two things alone can have a massive influence on the severity of your hot flashes. Oh, I wish more women knew that. I'm going to remember that so I can tell women when they are sitting there, you know, fanning and dripping. And I say, you know, what I never knew, and this is an example of what, as women, we don't know. Mm -hmm. I never knew the increased health risks during perimenopause. Yeah. And and they are dramatic. Uh, and so th this is the time for us to be so proactive for uh, because our our blood sugar uh, goes up, our blood pressure goes up, our cholesterol goes up. And, you know, doctors always say, oh, well, you've clearly been eating the wrong things, haven't you? Uh, and, and that's absolute rubbish. So to give a little background on that, um, our reproductive hormones, our progesterone, our estrogen, our testosterone, the, the mother molecule for all of that is cholesterol. So as the body starts to decline the production, as we become less efficient, the liver goes, well, I, I must not be making enough cholesterol to make my hormones. So we start upping our production. It's nothing to do with uh, the suddenly eating loads of fried foods because that that's not realistic. Most of us don't dramatically change our lifestyle and do that. It's a natural reaction that the body is trying to compensate for the lack of these hormones. And then all of a sudden we're faced with a prescription for statin drugs. What do statins do? They increase our risk of diabetes. They cause cognitive effects. And people have been falsely diagnosed with dementia when it's the statins. They cause muscle pain. There's just a host of side effects. And can can you tell it's one of those things that gets me fired up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think it should, Melissa. I mean, it's yeah. um, so a, a woman who can do natural things during perimenopause. Mm -hmm. um, it is it um, is it herbal? Is it um, do, uh, physical movement or what? What generally? I mean, I know that there are all different kinds of things depending upon what's needed. But what it, in general? It's all of those things. It's definitely movement and it's the right type of movement. So we don't want to go out and suddenly take up running or be pushing really heavy weights because that pushes up a stress hormone called cortisol. And cortisol already goes up in perimenopause and cortisol is one of the factors behind the weight gain that sneaks up on us. Uh, so there, there was a wonderful study done, I think it was in Iran, on um, they had two groups of perimenopausal women and one group walked every day, the other group was not allowed to. And they found that the walking alone decreased the symptoms across the whole spectrum of menopausal symptoms. The hot flashes, the moods, everything, just by walking so so um um 
sort of, some exercise is really good. It's other exercises, yeah. not good. yeah. So we want to try the more gentle exercises that aren't causing us to feel stressed. So walking, yoga, chai, tai chi, uh, anything that's slow and rhythmic will really help those uh, those hormones even out. Then we look at the diet, the simple things like I just mentioned, um, dropping out the sugar and the alcohol are two foundations. And then we bring in nutrition on top of that. Uh, you know, nutrients can help lower our blood pressure and our, our cardiovascular disease risk. Uh, and herbs are amazing. You know, they're one of my deep passions because what they can do to help with the moods, the hot flashes, the entire spectrum of perimenopausal symptoms is phenomenal. So all of those aspects, when we incorporate them, can create this beautiful holistic picture where we're, we're looking at every aspect of the person um, as a whole rather than these separate parts and separate symptoms. And that's when we have success. You get frustrated with the traditional medical system. Well, I don't even call it the traditional medical system because, in all honesty, it's not traditional. It's not. It isn't. It's very new. It's right. very new. So, allopathic medicine, yes, it frustrates me enormously. Um, I think it's very short-sighted. Now. Don't get me wrong, it has some incredible strengths. When it comes to emergency medicine, critical care, where would we be at without it? I mean, the lives that are saved. But when it comes to chronic disease, it doesn't go very far. When chronic disease to, and natural life changes. This is it. And why are we, why yeah, are we mean, medicalizing it, this? Yeah, it, that seems right. I mean, it seems to me menopause has been made a medical issue. It has because that makes lots of money. Yes, it does make lots of money. <laughs> you know, one of the things in addition to all the things that is women, and I don't know if it's any better for younger women, but it, mm -hmm. for me, um, all the things I didn't know about perimenopause and menopause. I interviewed two women not very long ago who wrote a book called um, Beyond Menopause. And generally speaking, we know even less about beyond menopause than we know about menopause. And so um, I'm thinking, this is amazing. Why, why don't we know this stuff? Mm -hmm. I mean, as women, it would be so helpful to have that information. Yeah, it, it's essential information. And, you know, we, we need to talk about it. We have to come together in community with other women and share this information um, especially for those that you know have lost their mothers and can't go back and ask well what happened to you how was your experience or you know some cultures it's just not talked about uh, but but yeah the, there is just so much we can do um, and if I can just educate women alone then we can start changing the narrative here uh you know it it doesn't it shouldn't have to be a medical thing right because it's not right it's sort of like i mean my um one of my focuses is on gendered ageism 
And it's yeah. sort of like aging is sometimes seen as a disease. <laughs> you know, So we yeah. take all these natural processes and make them a medical issue. I, I mean, older people sometimes have medical issues, but not just getting older. Yeah. Now, you are a woman of many talents. <laughs> and I was on your website, and you are an amazing artist. Oh, thank you. You have been looking. <laughs> I have. So talk to me about your art. It's magnificent. And I sent it to a woman who's a real horsewoman. In, she's in Montana, I think. Mm-hmm. Or, or, and she wrote back and said, oh, these are beautiful. Thank you so much for sending me. Oh, how sweet. Uh, my artwork stems from a lifelong love affair with horses. I... When I first um, completed school, I actually trained in horse husbandry and it was a toss up. Um, I was accepted into art school and I was accepted into the horse husbandry. And I remember some dear friends of mine who are professional artists saying, Melissa, they're going to try and change you. They're going to try and make you do modern art and so on and so forth. And I said, well, that's not for me. Decision made. I'm going to go and do horse husbandry and play with horses. So I was very good at helping the four-leggeds with their health and I had no intention of helping two-leggeds. <laughs> and um, I continued my art and um, that helped me get through college. And I have, oh, geez, I've been doing it for over 30 years now and it's it's a deep passion and when I paint, I feel myself energetically connected to the horse or horses I'm painting, sometimes messages come through. Um, but I can feel their essence and it, it's a part of me and I'll never stop painting. So, yes, I I, I do many things. I can't help myself. And that's, they're, they're gorgeous paintings. Do you usually paint live horses or do you paint from pictures or what? Is there a usually? Um. I usually use pictures um, simply because they can't be in front of me posing all the time and (laughs) they do take a very long time to do. I resisted it at first, but I have now come to accept that I will paint many horses that have passed on and that's uh, a very therapeutic thing for their owners. And I didn't realise how much so until I painted one of my own dogs that had passed over um as a remembrance to her and it and it was a difficult thing to do I'd had to put her down um she was ill and I struggled with it I really struggled with that decision knowing whether I'd done the right thing and as I was painting her I felt her spirit come through I don't know how I painted that picture because I had floods of tears coming down my face I could not see but I kept going because I felt her telling me it was okay and I'd done the right thing. Uh, so it really gave me insight into why people reacted as strongly as they did when I would hand over the painting. Yes. <laughs> and it's, what I a privilege. Have, I have two images. One of them is very funny, and that is trying to get a horse, a horse to pose long enough for you to paint <laughs> <laughs> no way would that mean. I don't know if any animal, but certainly not a not certainly a, not a horse. 
And the second thing that when you say that all of that comes to mind is it was almost as if you didn't need to see what you were doing while you were painting because you weren't painting through your eyes. No, I paint through my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So I know also from your website that you have something exciting coming up. So tell us about that. Ah, uh, yes, I, I have been cooking this up for many years and um, I'm finally getting my backside into gear and um, walking my talk, so to speak. So I, I have a live program coming up called The Natural Menopause Solution. And for all those women that can't afford to work with me one-on-one or for those who just like to, uh, who want to do it themselves but need to be taught, uh, this program is going to guide them through what I do and teach them how to do it for themselves. I'm going to teach them to become their own healers and uh, and how to understand the testing, how to interpret the testing, how to use the nutrients and herbs, when to use them. Uh, so I'm I'm literally training them to be like me. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing sometimes, but <laughs> well, you but, could be working yourself out of a job, but there's probably enough women that that won't happen. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because when my clients come in, I always tell them, "I know I'll, I know I've done my job properly when you don't need me anymore." Right, that's exactly right. I think that's true in lots of professions, and many of us fail to recognize that. Yeah, yeah. and it's important. You know, I'm not here to create dependence I, I want to create independent empowered women um, because then we can create some big ripples out there yeah we need big ripples yeah so how can people find out more about this big event uh the easiest way to find out is to hop on to my website called hotflashnomore.com and there will be some information on uh, joining my wait list if you want to be the first to know and get early access. And uh, and in the meantime, you'll also get some really valuable information on perimenopause. Cool. Hotflash.com? Hotflashnomore.com. Hotflashnomore.com. I love it. I love it. So if you had one piece of advice you could give to women in their 40s, mm-hmm. what would it be? Be proactive and never accept every bit of information that's thrown at you. Don't be afraid to ask questions, to look further and to advocate for yourself. Uh, too many of us have gone through accepting someone's word and although it may be given with the best of intentions, it might not be right for you. So just stand up and advocate for yourself and look out there. There's a lot of good information as well as bad. And uh, just check out the people you're you're listening to, what their qualifications and experience are. And you'll know in your heart whether it's the right thing for you or not. And don't let anybody bulldoze you. And that is really difficult for a lot of us because so many of us grew up with the doctor is right. Yes. The doctor is always right. Mm -hmm. And um, I have great uh, respect for a lot of people in the medical profession. I think that they do 
They're dedicated. They do excellent work. And nobody is always right. No. And so so what's next, Melissa? You've got so much going on. Do you have a little dream in the back of that mind that hasn't come true yet? Oh, yes, I do. I'm working on it as hard as I can. I I have a beautiful 12-acre property I'm sitting on right now with no home on it. Um, the, the universe has been playing fun and games with me with this one. It's been 10 months and um, I've come up across some rather bad roadblocks with it. Uh, but sometimes that's just the universe's way of saying, hey, I've got something better coming. I've got a better way of doing it. So I'm trying to be patient, but I'm building uh, a very small home completely off grid. Uh, I just, I want to live very simply in tune with nature, away from people. I love helping people, but at the end of the day, I want to close the door and just be, you know, just be in my own space, in my own mind and and enjoy the amazing nature that is out here. So that that's my dream I'm working on. That is wonderful and maybe it's the universe saying not quite yet yeah I I think it's trying to keep me too busy (laughs) (laughs) no I mean not quite yet for the little house that you want to build just that's right not yeah oh Melissa this was wonderful so um tell me if people want to get in touch with you um for the for the wonderful program it would be Mm. Uh, hotflashesnomore.com what about hotflashnomore.com what about just generally to get in touch with you okay um if they do go to that site they will find my email there and they will also find my phone number there so they are more than welcome to drop me a line uh and i do offer free 20 minute happy hormone sessions where we just get to talk about what your challenges are, where you're at, and then I can point people to some various options that are available and they can work out which one's the right one for them. Wonderful. I think that sounds something that we should all do. So everybody go to her website and sign up now. So that's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest today, Melissa Tolakai. This has been such fun and so inspirational and educational. And you can find her at hotflashnomore.com. And, and at that site, you will find her email and her telephone number, and you're welcome to contact her either way. So thank you for being with us. Take care, spread tolerance, and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com, and get my free spark guide, Seven Questions to Ignite Your Spark to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.